At least it's better than tomorrow night anyway. Yeah. No. What day is it tomorrow? Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes, I'm not going to see the Meg on cheap night. No. Oh, they could come at four and you could yeah, still No, exactly. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, we saw mile 22. We did. Mm. Was it any good? Yeah, it was all right. Was, uh, what, you've seen the trailer? Uh, no, I don't uh, know anything about a movie called uh, Mile 22. Uh, it's got Marky Mark in it. Yeah. Oh, that one. And. He shoots people and yep. has the guy from the raid in it. And, and he, he kicks people. He in kicks the head. people. Yeah. If you go in expecting bullets and blood, you'll be satisfied. Excellent. Yeah. And with that, we start another episode of True North Nerd. Yay! So Sorry, this week. <laughs> so this week, we are going to uh, dip into the uh, long box of doom. Uh, brought to you by Big B Comics on Essa Road in Barry. Uh, they gave us some comics to review, and by the looks on everybody's faces, everybody's very happy about what they have. Now, rest assured, Big B Comics has a lot of very, very good comics. Yes, yes, yes. They, they didn't give us the good ones. Image. They- Let's just say Image 2018 is not the company Image 1994. Oh yeah, and we'll get in three. Yeah. We'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, in the meantime, it's the OG crew with us. So there is Jen. Hello. There is Ryan. Hello. And Kevin. Hi. And so we are going to start off with a little bit of news. Ryan. Yes, that's me. News? We yes. have news. There's you always news. news. Yeah. I scoured through the internet to find out what was worthy of me writing in my notepad. Mm. And there wasn't as much this week, but no, that's fine. just... That's okay. I also got tired of scouring through there the internet after a while. This week. Yeah. Um, so we'll just start off. Uh, HBO has greenlit the Watchmen series. Yes. What this that. Watchmen series will be, we don't know. The one interview I read, or the quotes from the guy who's uh, directing it or putting it together, is that apparently you know, to him, the original series is like it's the that's the old testament this is gonna be the new testament just because the new testament came out didn't change anything in the old testament it just told different stories well kind of does okay. god's but, kind of different character in the new testament than god's a little in the nicer. Old testament. <laughs> but yeah so that's why like he said you know so he kind of went on to be like you know yeah comedians the comedian's dead you know, oh, okay. So we have a little bit of details story-wise. Then. Yeah, it almost sounds so like it takes not, place after Watchmen. It's not a remake of the miniseries. No. From the way no. this guy talked in this one write-up, it says, you know, he wasn't remaking it. He wasn't interested in remake. It's like they called it, they keep calling it a remix. Okay. Yeah. There's going to be new characters. There's going to be, but it's a, his, he kept going on about how, you know, that one, the original was written, you know, with Reagan and all the stuff that was going on in that time period. Well, this one will be more with, you know, like Trump and Putin and all that kind of stuff happening. And 
So, you know, the modern take on it, or who knows, maybe, maybe like I was saying the other day, it's just going to be a an after Watchmen, same universe type thing. Different but like characters. Different characters and today's timeline. So it's like with yeah, today's maybe. political leanings and what's happening. And uh, I'll be curious to see it. Exactly. I, I'm one of those people that I, I like the Zack Snyder movie, and I think yeah, I didn't it's mind pretty solid. Snyder movie. I think it. I think honestly, it's probably as as close as you're going to get. Yeah. Like to that comic being adapted. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. Yep. Uh, 2019 release, isn't it? Yes. So once again, HBO trying to find that big hit to replace Game of Thrones. Thrones. So they're just going to throw every genre at the wall and yep. see what sticks. Just keep making stuff to, <laughs> until we get a hit. Uh, oh, new trailers. We got Star Wars Resistance trailer mm-hmm. with a release date, October Sunday, October 7th at 10 p.m. is uh, when the first episode. I didn't have the time on that. At uh, 10 well, p.m.? That's really In weird. In multiple articles that I read today, it said 10 p.m. Huh. That's weird because the trailer struck me as more of it's a, like a like, kid show, kids, yeah. family, friend, like a, a more juvenile version. And I'm sure it'll be replayed like every day during the week at different times. That's what Disney mm. tends to do on the Disney Channel. Yeah. They tend to have the same shows air during the week and that like different. You know, one on Monday, it's well, on at one. I know, like in the, the, the premiere of the last season of Rebels, it like aired like Saturdays. Yeah, like, and then it like aired nine. like three or four times that following week. Yeah. So, so I thought, yeah, that was that struck me as an interesting time to be airing it at. But so, is everybody here seen the trailer? Yes, yeah, yes. and Jen, you saw it too. We yeah, watched. you couldn't make it big though, so I watched it tiny over your shoulders. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I. It wasn't on YouTube screen. yet. It was, uh, it was like it was on Facebook's mm. YouTube, which I it yeah. went in biggin. It went in biggin yeah. for you because mm. it was on my tablet. Yeah, but uh, it looks good. Um, yeah, it's I like skewing, the cell shading. Yeah, it's skewing a little bit younger, but you, your theory on that made me yeah. go, oh, okay, yeah, that sort of makes sense, because yeah. first season of Rebels is kind of like that, first season of Clone Wars is kind of like that, so... Yeah. yeah, as the one person, I think it was on Reddit, put it, Clone Wars season one, Ahsoka learns the power of friendship while she takes care of a baby hu- of a baby hut. Season what? What was the last season of Clone Wars? Four. Four? Four, yeah. Season four of Clone Wars. Oh, my God. Everything's on fire. What's going on? <laughs> People are dying. What the hell? Yeah, I saw and, that, too. So, yeah. so, Rebels, season one. And actually, it was funny because this episode was on last night. It's like, Ezra and... Um, What's the purple guy? Uh, Zeb. Zeb. Thank you, Zeb. Have to go into town to get supplies and learn the power of teamwork to save the day. And then we get to the end of Rebels. Oh my god, everything's on fire. People are dying. <laughs> There's so much backstory and lore here. Oh, I love this. Space so, whales. Space whales. <laughs> and time travel. Yeah. So, so yeah, who then. knows what we'll get out of this show. It's probably going to start off kitty, you know, a little story of the week, one-offs, and and then who knows. I know there's a little develops. Yeah. I know there's a little bit of concern because Filoni's not like as involved in this one. Yeah. But I think it was like I don't think he was completely hands-on with the last season of Rebels either because he was working he was starting to work on Resistance and, and as Clone we found Wars. out uh, and the next season of Clone Wars. Yeah. So like he obviously wrote like some of the stories and stuff by the credits, but I don't know how around he was then too. So mm-hmm. it's it's probably 
good hands. It looks like he trains good people to help yeah. out. So well, then there was one other thing today I saw with it. Um, somebody went onto the StarWars.com site where the whole trailer was, or for the the Resistance page on the site, went looking at to the into the code of the site, and there's a blurb in there saying that. It takes place six months before The Force Awakens. Oh, really? That's the short. Mm. But that's what somebody said they found, and they posted yeah, a picture yeah. in the code. There's been no nothing officially said. Yeah. So take it with a grain of salt, but who knows? I would have thought, it, I, to me, it should be longer than that. Would you would think. If think? they wanted to do a couple seasons, right? But it could easily turn into the first couple seasons, then you catch up to the movie and just keep showing these characters. Because no, the first true. two movies happen right after each other, right? Yeah. One and it was like, boom, that's a couple days. It's like a really bad week in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> yeah, actually, now that you mention it, yeah. Uh, oh, and so staying with Disney, uh, they're reportedly standing firm on not rehiring James Gunn. That is the rumor or the story. Ah, uh, it's too bad. I, I get why they're doing it. Oh, so do I. Um, because if they rehired James Gunn, would they be beholden to rehire Roseanne? You know, because it is the same, the same kind of thing. Now Roseanne's tweets it, are more. It is, hard. but it isn't. Yeah, Roseanne is, Roseanne's tweets just happened, yeah. and you know his were ten years ago that they've already knew about. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But still, there's that kind of thinking. Um, so I'm not surprised that they've decided not to. Yeah, I hear that Kevin Feige wants him back. Yeah, and it's the head of Disney that. Well, Kevin Feige, his entire cast want him back. Yeah. And it's. Once it's finally settled, if it is finally settled that he's not coming back, you know DC is going to hire him for a movie. Or they will attempt to. Yeah. Lobo. You think so? Maybe. Uh, I could I could kind of see it. If if I were him, a small independent or... movie. Yep. Just go Just and take a break. do one of his fun, weird things and then, then maybe come back. It's... You know, just from uh, like yeah, just step just away from, from a the mental standpoint, thing. then you don't have to deal with that bullshit of like the the amount of the, stuff that the comes PR with the studio and movie. all that. Yep. Yeah, because that's that's the the thing is, is he gets hired on anything big, it gets made, and then you're on that press trail again, and that's going to be mm. kind of a nightmare mm. for him. Yes, you know, put a little bit of time and distance in between it. But I hope they use his script as a base at least. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. Part of me wonders if if this might scrap Guardians three altogether. altogether. Really, depending on how Avengers four yeah, depends occurs, on how integral it is to the Marvel universe. Yeah, right? is whatever it ends at the end of Avengers mm-hmm. four, you may not need to do another one, or at least not need one anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. and like, you know, maybe give it a couple years and then bring them all, bring everybody back along with James Gunn. Yeah. And like, because then you can have that, you know, he's... He's sp- he spent his time out in the wilds. And, and, and now he's come back and we're embracing him back into the Disney mm-hmm. family. Yeah. And, you know, like stupid forgiven him garbage like that. Like but. the WWE is going to do with Hulk Hogan soon. Uh, you know, I don't know about that because uh, he he made another statement over the weekend. Oh, did he? Like, oh, nice. well, you're. How could someone be so one. smart and so stupid all at the same time? Steroids. Yeah, maybe. allegedly. Uh, blows to the head. <laughs> uh, yeah. So okay. So 
Uh, so I don't know. This I saw this was interesting, and I'm sure people are interested in this. And uh, maybe not me, but I wrote it down. Uh, you know the video <laughs> game Overwatch? Yes. None of us here at this table have ever played it. I do nope. Play I've seen the Funko Pops. That's all I know about it. I, I have seen. I've two watched of some the videos. I have seen two of the characters as cosplay because they've usually the one with the the, the one girl with the big uh, glasses. There's her like and goggles. there's the one that comes with the giant robot who she's got like a skin tight suit. So yeah. you see those two as cosplay characters a lot. Uh, and the one is in uh, Ready Player One. She makes an appearance in there too. Yeah. Uh, so there's a professional league of Overwatch teams. Yep. And apparently Toronto is getting an expansion team. Yeah. So like I, I did see that. That's kind of interesting. I, I didn't realize that league worked that way. Yeah. Like, there, there are plenty of professional gaming leagues for different games and yeah. stuff like that. I didn't realize it was a, but the, a country-based exactly. like like Olympic. Yeah, like every, you, know, every, you know, there's different cities with different teams and different countries. So, yeah. So that's interesting for the yeah. video game mm-hmm. people out there. Anybody see the new trailer for the Netflix movie Outlaw King? No. Starring no, Chris I, Pine. It, it popped up and I was like, Chris Pine's in a Netflix movie? Yeah. Playing well, Robert Robert the Bruce. Ooh, that sounds interesting. Hmm. Why does that name sound familiar? He was it's... he he is, he declared himself king of Scotland. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then yeah. England was like, Oh yeah? We're gonna come and kill you. And then so he had to take off and then he came back to fight. And that's what this movie looks like. It looks like, you know, he's on the run. He comes back, raises his army. So it's a, you know, almost brave hearty with yeah. lots of battles and gore and, and blood. And, oh. uh, the trailer looks interesting. These kinds of movies always interest me. I don't know why. I, I, I like history. I'm not the gen into history type of uh, level. But uh, Yay, I'm a level. Where, where I don't uh, freak out because things aren't <laughs> accurate. But it's... The point is, is that it's so good the original way. Why bother changing it? Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I know. But, uh, yeah, so that trailer came out. I think it just came out today. Either, if uh, not today yeah. or yesterday. I, it was a pretty new one. So it was a Sunday-Monday trailer. Uh, it looks it looks good. I I look forward to it. It doesn't come out. Uh, I guess it's going to be premiering at uh, the Toronto Film Festival at the end of the month, or I guess September, next month. They did they did something like that uh, last year, too. I'm trying to remember what it was. One, one of Netflix's films. Was it films. Bright? The, the oh, it maybe. Might have been. And then it's going to be hitting Netflix November 9th. And the, um, that sounds interesting. I'd watch that. Yeah. The Idris Elba the one, later. too, yeah. got a, a slight theatrical release like that. Which um, one was the that? The one where he's the commander of like child soldiers in, in Africa. I, uh, I I keep meaning to. It, I think it's even two parts, but it it was one of those movies that Netflix financed that kind of went under the radar, but got like a lot of critical acclaim. But not so like Idris Elba is not even the star of it. Apparently, it's like a uh, like a teen actor or a young kid because he's a child soldier, and apparently, he's fantastic. Oh, so. Okay. So my last bit of my last bit of Disney news. Uh, apparently, we've, there was these uh, Halloween trick or treat bags being given out at the park over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And on them have the release dates for the uh, for Incredibles two, for the home like the oh, digital the home release, release and the and oh, okay. the Blu ray release. So we're getting that uh, digital October twenty third, Blu ray November sixth. Nice. So that'll be in a little bit. So that's it for me for Disney news. But uh, so on to Star Trek news. But there's now. lots of other news. Oh, oh you're crossing into other. all of Kevin's lines. <laughs> that's fine. 
Well, it's, it's, you, you can add in. I don't know if you, the, the one news is that apparently Star Trek Four has lost both its Chris's. Yes. Both Pine and Helmsworth have walked away over uh, money. Helmsworth, oh. I can see Pine. I'm a little surprised that there's not some sort of well contract the, thing. Well, that... that's the thing. From the write-up, it sounds like the studio wanted to renegotiate the contract and pay less. Where oh. they, where they both were like, "Oh no, no, we're happy with our current deal." Mm. Because it sounds like they're trying to bring the budget down on this movie because Star Trek didn't Beyond do it. didn't do as well as Into Darkness. Yeah, Into Darkness is still the highest grossing Star Trek movie. Was that really, the first like one or the second, second one? The one with Khan. The oh, second okay. one of, with Cumberbatch. Like yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Well, the Star Trek movies were never giant blockbusters. No, that's the, true. They they, they weren't Star up, Wars. Yeah, they usually end up like being number two at the box office or three. They, yeah. Like they do solid, they make their money back, but yeah, they're never that, they, they were well, never Sometimes they're like number huge. one opening weekend, but not yeah. you know. But not with a $150 million no. take. Yeah. No. And it's like, we all go see it opening weekend and then we go see something else and the following week. Yeah. Star Trek is big in the US and Canada, England, Germany, and Australia. That's it. Really? It's not a huge uh, okay. phenomenon in China or Japan. But neither is Star Wars. Uh, well. Maybe in Japan a bit, but not, not in China. Yeah, China. and there's they Star don't, Wars is more not, a worldwide phenomenon than Star Trek. Is. Yeah, yeah, I guess. So your international box office isn't going to prop you up on a Star Trek franchise like it will on a, on a different franchise. Mm-hmm. So. But I think it's just a... It's, it's going to happen eventually anyway. I, I'm not worried. It's just a... I don't know. I think, like, they have so many Star Trek things on the go. I can kind of see Paramount saying, <clears throat> with the, the film franchise at this point, you know, we're good. Well, and, and you, just kind of, like, we're, we're going to walk away from it for a but while. But the other thing is, Star Trek films and Star Trek television are two different companies uh, now. Yeah. Right? And if Star Trek is taking off on TV in a big way, and I think... In its in its heart of hearts, Star Trek has always been a television franchise, not yeah. mm. a movie franchise. Yeah, I think so too. And um, but if Paramount's over there watching CBS, going, "Oh, look at all the stuff that CBS is doing, and look like, at all oh. the subscribers they're getting to all access." No, and Star, Star Trek's kind of hot right now. Yeah, we, we, really we should need to maybe pump get this a movie, movie out here. So I don't know. We might end up with just the Tarantino track, which may not have any of those people in it at all. That's if that one even happens. That's. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, out of left field, it's something completely different. Mm. Like, what, well, like, or like that cast, but a movie we haven't well, heard about. I would almost think if they do the Tarantino version of Star Trek movie, they should do it without the Enterprise crew. It should mm. be a completely different crew, just take place in the same universe. Mm-hmm. So then you can be like, do whatever you want. These yeah. people are new people. As long as you know, we know they live in the maybe you throw Spock or you know you have a cameo in there at the beginning to be like, oh, this is connected. Well, Simon Pegg and his writing partner were working on another sequel, but I, it was never explained whether they were working on the one with Kirk's dad or if they were working on something entirely. Yeah, I don't know. Different too. No. So because like I've heard stories that like there is like three different sequels floating around in Star Trek 4 yeah in various stages of treatment right now Mm. but it's you know my sequel is in a various stage of treatment right now too the way that hasn't reached pen or paper yet but uh (laughs) The way the way Hollywood works until the the cameras start rolling, and even then, yeah. I am hesitant to that like it, it'll happen. Well, just like, will we ever see those X Men movies? 
Yeah, that's a very so. good question. No, it'll well, come out next week. Wait, yeah, we'll, it, yeah. That, well, the, how the, will we see those X Men? Well, movies? the current story floating around is that they're je- they're waiting for the the deal to be somewhat complete, and Disney will release those X Men movies because there's still talk that they're doing reshoots on them. On both New Mutants and Dark Phoenix? Yeah. Yeah. The, the the story that's going around about New Mutants is really kind of interesting. And it's one of those ones that I, I can't wait to hear the the official version. Mm. And then what really five happened? to six years when somebody writes an article for Entertainment Weekly and like, this is what really happened. Right. Because it, it's like, it sounds really kind of screwed up. Kind of sounds like what happened with the Fox's Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, actually, the very, very he similar. Was, he was making this movie his way. Mm-hmm. Then the studio looked at it and, like, uh, and they're like, okay, yeah, great, no problem. He makes it. Then they're like, uh, this isn't what we wanted. You're fired. We bring somebody else in to finish it and redo it all. And then it bombs. Did you see the images that got released today on, was it Instagram? Uh, no. There was a designer mm-hmm. who was working on Deadpool 2, and he was tasked to... I heard reinvent the this. Fantastic Four for Deadpool two. Really? Yeah. So there are these really great a certain, sketches. Some, oh. A certain director, if this guy had made the, the if, other guy, if it had if, been a different director, if the other guy that was originally on it, X Force, we got in Deadpool two. It went in the Fantastic Four. Oh, that <laughs> that is awesome. that is interesting and utterly bizarre all <laughs> at the same time. I didn't see the sketches. Oh, I've, I found them. So I'll see if I can find the link. I love it when you start to see some of that production art come out and like some original ideas for certain things. Yeah. I, I always like the real neat ones to look at is Lucasfilm because they are the king of there is no bad ideas. Mm-hmm. They would just recycle them into something else. Well, just look at full rebels. Zeb yeah. is the original drawings for what Chewbacca yeah. and it was supposed to look like. And a lot of the stuff that like it, Goes back to other ideas. Uh, the Grievous's hench robots that you see in uh, with the 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 pikes with yep. the those were pitched ideas for Grievous that got rejected. Mm-hmm. The, the Lucas George went, ah, I like him, but, but not enough I don't like him guys. for Grievous. Let's put them in the the side pile and yeah. Um, the the night witches were like original bad guy ideas for I want to say Darth Maul. Like huh. if you see the original sketches for the Clone Wars Night Witches, yep. that's where the the ideas went from and then they they went up from there. Hmm. So but yeah, seeing that seeing that stuff for other movies is always fascinating. <laughs> then you find out like, wow, they had something completely different planned and then hmm. something changed and that all went out the window. Uh, so in Discovery news, uh, they they've cast a Spock. Yeah, they cast a Spock mm. the day after we recorded last. Yeah, because that's how Star Trek Discovery likes doing their news <laughs> right after we're done recording. So Ethan Peck. Um, I tried to look as IMDb to see if there's anything that I recognized him from. Apparently, he's had a bunch of bit parts and like voiceover acting, and he was in. I, I thought it was the movie Ten Things I Hate About You. But I think it was the TV, TV series. series. There yeah. was a TV series. Yeah, that's my reaction too when I thought yeah. when I saw it. The um, biggest claim to fame of Ethan Peck is who his grandfather is. That would be Gregory. Gregory I'm assuming. Yeah. But he does have the look. He's tall and thin, and, yeah. and dark haired. He was a voice of a character in Halo Three oh. and an un- uncredited voice in Halo Four. Yeah. So 
He'll be fine, I'm sure. Yeah. They wouldn't have cast him if he wasn't going to be fine. No, and it's probably a better idea to go with somebody sort of unknown. And he's got to be younger, too. He's got to be younger than Nimoy was in 64. Mm, Yeah, so... And younger than, uh, what's his name, in the new one? Yeah, Quinto. Well, eh. Because this is pre-that, too. Yeah. It's a different universe, so... You can can always fudge that one a little bit, but... The timeline in that universe is all screwed up anyway. Well, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we got a Batwoman cast for the CW shows. Oh, yeah, and here comes a rant from Brent again. Uh-oh. Oh, okay. But in a good, well, okay. good, bad way, but go so ahead. So the actress Ruby Rose has been cast. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's, she's been known, she was in Orange is the New Black. Um, John Wick, John Wick 2. 2. And currently in The Meg, which I still she's haven't seen. Australian, apparently. Right? Yes, uh, originally. Uh, her, I don't know if her accent's really that thick. I though. don't think, I've saw I don't know. Her costume looks good. I haven't seen the costume. Oh, oh, they they put the costume. Well, out there. maybe it was just somebody's artist rendering. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't you know. From all the reports I see, she should be fine. She should be good. From yeah, what people are so saying. So let's let's and then let's go. Why the internet can't have nice, nice things. things. <laughs> so she got bashed off of Twitter. Yes, mm-hmm. and she she basically said, "I've had enough of this BS," and left. Yeah, because. because she isn't a redhead. She isn't right for me. Well, let's see. Not, but correct me if I'm wrong. In the Batwoman book, is she is, is what's her Kate Kane? Yep. Is she yeah. a redhead or does she wear a wig? No, she wears a wig, but she wears a long-haired wig. Yeah. But she is a redhead. Okay. She has really, really short hair, and then she wears a, a wig. Okay. The, I, I thought I remembered I wearing a wig. Clever. Because didn't Batgirl uh, wear a wig at one point too? Batgirl's Batgirl wore a, a wig as well yeah. on the TV show. In 66, that's it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. She was dark haired. Somewhere wore a, wore a red. She had red hair. Came so back her my thought is is she could dye her hair. <laughs> she could wear a wig. <laughs> and the real reason, that, like not to be mean, that, well to these assholes, but I'm going to be. The real reason they're all upset is because. She's not straight playing gay. She's an actual woman of... uh, Unspecific sexuality. Yeah, she is gender fluid. She she has said, sometimes I'm kind of like a guy, sometimes I'm kind of like a woman, sometimes I'm both. Oh, so so they're not not upset that she's not a lesbian, and they're not upset that she's not... I think it, I think it's well, it, I don't to think me they, the rage not, sounds like it's we're not going to get like hot girl on girl action. Which I don't is, even know if the, the, the if it's that. I think it's more. I don't know. It just it, it I just would be, seems like be surprised if it's more of a. Who, well, exactly. They're more. Oh, she actually is gay. Yeah. Kind of you know the internet reaction. So uh. to me, the the worst part about it is you know what makes her the the best person for this role other than like I think physically she looks the part like. She's model proportions, mm-hmm. so you got that going for you. She wanted to do the part. Yeah. She was enthusiastic uh, she, to do the part. She likes the character and feels ca- a connection to the character. So yeah, I saw her on two talk shows after they announced it, and she was like near crying that she got this, and not because this is going to be probably her breakout role of yeah. sorts. It's because she really wants to do this. Why? Because there wasn't a character like her on TV when she was growing up. Mm-hmm. And now she gets to be that character. Yeah. She was already talking about, like, when I get my suit, I'm going to go to fucking hospitals. I'm going to see <laughs> children in it. And, like, you know, she wants to do this and wants to do it properly. Right. And it's yeah. sad that the internet bozos on yeah. the internet just... 
Ah. Yes. End of rant. <laughs> I hate the internet. Yeah, it, it's, it's except for it's, the internet part of the internet. Except for the people who love our show. <laughs> it's sad that it's like the internet is so good about certain things. Like it has so many good possibilities, and then you just have these. Well, that's what it does, right? The internet are... accentuates the good and accentuates the bad. Yeah. It's, you, get, you only get extremes. You don't get the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. That's our niche. But we it's so rare to, like, to get there. somebody who's so enthusiastic about wanting to be a, a comic book character right. like that, right? Yeah. It's, like, uh, like you see the interviews with some of these other people, and they're they're happy for it, and they like it, and they've grown into the character. But like in, a lot of the times, well, like I had no idea who this was when I started, and then I really got into the comics. She like she knew what she was going for and wanted it bad. Well, to go along with all this, so I guess. There's images of Grant Gust- Gustin. How do you pronounce his last uh, name? Grant Gustin. Um, in the, his new Flash suit that got put out, uh, which I guess the new one is starting to reflect and look more like the comic. Yeah. So more or less, more of a, Just, a spandexy one piece type thing oh, than the okay. leather, I guess. I, I didn't see the images. Yeah. I but people were body shaming him. <sighs> He's too skinny to be He's too Superman. skinny to be the Flash now. That's what these people were saying. It's like, he had to come out and do this whole thing about, you know, you know yeah. So the internet is just, there's so many f- idiots out there. Except for the smart people who listen to our well, show. That's why they're not idiots. Yes. They listen to us. And are probably going <laughs> right on with all of our complaints yeah. about these idiots. Oh, yeah. I don't see many of our listeners and disagreeing you, with us. Yeah. And if you do and you choose to stop listening, I'm not going to be sad. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm not. No, I, I, I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So my last little bit of news. Um, so I know Kevin watched Riverdale and enjoyed it. I, I didn't watch the whole. I haven't watched oh. the end of it yet, but I've been watching it. It's good. I yeah. enjoy it. So, you know, we all know that there's going to be that new Sabrina the Teenage Witch show made mm-hmm. by the same people. So they put out some images of it. And it's going to be a Netflix show, isn't it? Yes. yes. Yeah. And... Uh, Apparently, it's not going to be crossing over with Riverdale, but we'll wait and see. You know, they'll, they'll cross over eventually. No, maybe. <laughs> it's harder when it's too completely but separate. But it's not. Well, it is and it isn't because it's on the CW in the States, but it's a Netflix. It's on Netflix and a lot of other places. Like yeah. here in Canada, it's well, a Netflix true. show. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it looks really dark. Yeah. And like, uh, like to the, they see this like witches ceremony in the bush and stuff, and they got the you know, these guys with like elk heads on and shit like that, and yeah, it looks kind of creepy and dark. Cool. So, could be and when does that drop? Don't know. Didn't mm-hmm. say. Didn't look it up. It's one say of those things I just remembered. Time, and depending down. on when that comes out, it might be a. It'll probably be in the fall. American Charm- Horror Story is going to have a, a theme. And, Witches are coming back in. And Charmed is coming too. back, too. And Charmed. Charmed is coming back? Yeah. yeah, yeah somebody asked for it. Really? Yeah. Yep. Three new sisters. Hollywood does not trust the new idea sometimes. So is Roswell. Anytime. Roswell's coming back, too. Roswell's coming back. Well, that's Aliens, though. Aliens, witches, whatever. <laughs> That might be the episode title <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> Aliens, Aliens, witches, witches whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple mm. little news stories. Yep, go uh, for it. 
let's talk about what happened this weekend at Worldcon. So What's Worldcon? Worldcon is the World Science Fiction Convention. It happened this weekend in uh, San Diego. That is where the Hugo Awards are announced. Mm-hmm. So, uh, these, which are these are these are the longest running science fiction awards. They are for uh, mostly written work because this is a literary convention. Okay, uh, but there was some history made uh, with the Hugo Awards this uh, this year. N.K. Jemisin won for best novel. She won for her novel The Stone Sky. Uh, she uh, this is the third year in a row. She she has won for best novel. Wow. So uh, she is the uh, first woman to win. Uh, three She's times. a prolific writer She's by the sounds of it. She's the first person ever to win in three consecutive years. And she's also the first African American writer to win a best novel. Every single writing category at Worldcon this year was won by a woman. Nice. So uh, best novel, The Stone Sky by N.K. Jemison. Best novella, All Systems Read by Martha Wells. These stories aren't going to really titles probably aren't going to mean much to you because they're in a lot of them are in weird anthologies and things. Uh, and in best, a few years, there'll be your local there'll be episodes of your favorite TV show or the latest movies. Best novelette, The Secret Life of Bots by Suzanne Palmer. I don't best, know what that is, but I now want to read that. <laughs> Secret best Life short of Bots. story. It's the sequel to The Secret Life of Pets. The best short story was called Welcome to Your Authentic Indian Experience by Rebecca Roanhorse. The best series of books is World of the Five Gods by Lois McMaster Bujold. Uh, best related work is called No Time to Spare, Thinking About What Matters by Ursula K. Le Guin. Uh, here's the category that might interest uh, you guys. Best graphic story, so that means comics. Yep. Monstrous Volume 2, The Blood by Marjorie Liu. Yeah, uh, and who the, I can't remember what her name is, but the artist of that will be at Fan Expo in Toronto. Uh, Santa Takeda is her name. Yes. Uh, other other comics that were nominated, in case you want to know what comics were, uh, were nominated for this, Bitch Planet Volume 2, Black Bolt Volume 1, My Favorite Thing is Monsters, Paper Girls Volume 3 by Brian K. Vaughan, and Saga Volume 7 by Brian K. Vaughan. Uh, they do do two um, awards for TV movie stuff. Uh, they do a, they call it best dramatic presentation, long form and short form. The uh, Expanse. Long form was Wonder Woman. Oh. Uh, Wonder Woman won for best dramatic presentation. It beat out Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Get Out, Shape of Water, Last Jedi, and Thor Ragnarok. Okay. Best dramatic presentation, short form. I love that this one. The Good Place episode, uh, so it wasn't the, the trolley then. problem. Oh, oh so it goes with a specific show. episode, not. Yeah. Okay, yeah. which one was the trolley? Yeah. Oh. That was the one where do do you let one person you know die to save oh, all yeah. the people on the train? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, the other the other episodes that were nominated uh, include uh, Black Mirror episode USS Callister, a song called "The Deep" by a group called Clipping. Uh, which who's uh, David Diggs, William Hudson, and Jonathan Snipes. The Doctor Who episode, Twice Upon a Time. The Good Place episode, Michael's Gambit. And Star Trek Discovery's episode, Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad. Those were also nominated. But the Good which Place episode was that? Is that the Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go the... Mad is the time loop episode. Okay, that was a good episode. Yeah. In the defense of The Expanse, can you pick out one episode, though? Because no, it, it's very no, much a long it's form very much story, a, a in a serial. Short form no, no, no. Yeah, so if it's just by the episode, then yeah, no. That's so they also give awards for fan casts and fanzines and 
magazines and anthologies, uh, but those are the categories that you'd most likely be interested in. Uh, so those are the Hugo Awards this year. Cool. Um, Congratulations to all the winners and yeah. all the nominees. Read some books. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, I'm the theme park guy, so I wanted to mention the Canada's Wonderland announcement from last week. Yeah. You know? uh, so I'm pretty excited about this. This gives Canada's Wonderland its 17th roller coaster, which ties it for second place in the world with mo- as the theme park with the most roller coasters. Really? Yep. Wow. So it's tied with Cedar Point for second place now. Uh, only Magic Mountain in California has more coasters than Canada's Wonderland. And this one will be? It's called the Yukon Striker. And it is going to be the world's tallest dive coaster. And for those who don't know, a dive coaster is a coaster with a 90-degree straight-down drop off the, off the lift hill. And they always teeter you over the edge just a little bit to make sure you stare straight down into the abyss. Have, have you guys all watched the video? Yeah, I watched it. Mm. I love oh that it God. drives right into a hole in the lake. Yeah, right beside in the vortex. middle of the not right beside vortex goes, in the middle of the helix of vortex. When you yeah. come down off the mountain and you do that loop around the lake, the coaster goes right down through the hole in the middle of that helix. I love that. It's got a. It's got four inversions, which is the most of any dive coaster. It's the fastest. It's the tallest. One hundred and thirty kilometers an hour. Yes, and a two hundred forty-seven yeah. foot first drop. So you'll be able to oh. see your car from the top for sure Ooh, yeah not me i'll keep my the glasses layout off. looks pretty cool because it's designed so that when you get to the top you're looking out over the mountain so you can see the mountain and you can see leviathan in the distance and yeah uh, it looks really awesome the interesting thing for me about this announcement is uh, is that it it also they're creating a whole new themed land around this ride uh, it's called frontier canada uh so um the interesting thing about this is that from what I've been reading and the research I've been doing, this was a land that was designed back in 1980 uh, when they were designing the park. Uh, yeah. The park opened with the Grand World Exposition and Medieval Fair yeah. and the Hanna-Barbera land, right? Frontier I miss Hanna-Barbera was, land. Yeah. Frontier Canada was always meant to be a future expansion. But if you notice the rides they've built over the last few years, they've all had these sort of Canadian names, the Lumberjack and the Flying Canoe. The Behemoth. Well, I was going to say behemoth, behemoth and Leviathan. Are <laughs> those are in the different. Those are in oh, different parts of the park. Yeah. So, Mindbuster. This ride is around near Mindbuster. Oh yeah. And so, Whitewater Canyon and Timberwolf Falls and all of those rides in. That I never area. really collect connected those together, but now that you've said it, I'm like, yep, yep. yep they I all have all Canadiana like theme. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty cool. The other thing they announced is Winterfest. Canada's Wonderland is going to be open until Christmas, starting next year, How? with the 2019 season. So it's going to be open weekends um, in November and December. It won't. The entire park won't be open. So no. select yeah. rides will be open. They're going to turn the the fountain and the pond in front of the mountain into a skating, into a skating rink. rink. Ah. They're going to do all kinds of Christmas shows. Select rides will be open. Yeah. I I assume that means things like. Thunder Run because it's indoors. Probably not False. No. <laughs> Probably not any of the coasters. Or Whitewater. Any of Canyon. the big coasters. I can imagine them keeping Wonder Mountain Guardian and Thunder Run open because they're inside in the mountain. Yeah. yeah. Things like Clockworks and, and Bumper Cars and Bumper and, yeah. Cars and Carousels, those will be open. And, oh, could uh, you imagine doing Leviathan in a snowstorm? Oh, ow, it would have hurt so much. So, no, what I'm feeling bad for is assuming the, like, the carnival-style games are open. Yeah. Being the poor schmuck that's got to stand out there all day on a cold November Saturday. (laughs) What about those poor goldfish? 
Now, this is something that other Cedar Fair parks do. Kings Island has been doing it for years, and Cincinnati's not really that much farther south than Toronto, no. really. So um, I, I think it'll be fun. Yeah. The do other, they reduce the cost of the ticket for the, the winter admission? I don't know? know. I don't. I would know. assume if there's not as many things but, running. But, but you go to meet Santa, and you see the Christmas shows, and it's going to be decked out in lots of dazzling You should try lights. to get that gig. That would be a good gig, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would fit your schedule, too. It might. On weekends. It might, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Winterfest is coming in the fall of 2019. The other thing, it wasn't officially announced, but it's a really strong rumor is that they're going to be building a 150-room hotel at the front of the park. What, taking out parking lot? Probably over near where Kingswood is, over that. Oh, uh, yeah, because yeah. they don't... That's re- actually a pretty good idea. Kingswood isn't really... They don't do they concerts there. Like, they have there, ethnic but festivals yeah, there, it's, and, but it's not a concert venue like it was it back was when, when we were, we were going there, uh, where I, I saw my very first concert. I snuck into Poison Soundcheck at Kingswood. <laughs> I saw Bare Naked Ladies there for the first time. Um, but, uh, yeah, so lots of stuff is going on at Canada's Wonderland, and uh, I think I might buy a season pass next year, or maybe buy one this fall when they're cheap and they're good for next year as well. Yeah, the only thing, thing I feel bad about Canada's Wonderland is that the, the owners over the years didn't have the foresight to keep more of the land than they they have, mm. right? They got... Because it's it's now prime, yeah, real estate. Yeah. Well, did they really sell off land that they had, or is it just they, they had didn't all, miss out on buying land? No, they for, had all that land across the street, across. Uh, well, across where, the, the street. where they're building the hospital. Yeah, that was because oh. I I remember going to Wonderland on a busy long weekend and having to park over there. Wow, and uh, they it, it wasn't paved or even graded, I think, but there were streetlights in there so yeah. Wonderland owned all that property but I think they still do own quite a bit of land there's a lot of room for expansion still in that park and I'm they'll probably and with any park they take out stuff too and put stuff oh, in yeah. and things well like just that. even look at it on the south side of the park where there's that long road where they have that dinosaur on the side of the highway yeah, yeah. and all oh, that yeah I'm assuming that's all their property yeah. back there, and they could easily just keep moving back. And talking about things closing, the Dinosaurs Alive uh, is closing at the end of yeah. this year, too. So. I didn't even see it when I was there. Is well, it's an upcharge. Yeah, it's that's $5, why I no. and, you, and it's up. I like dinosaurs, eight. but I'm not paying extra it's, to see it's them. It's up in the Peanuts area. Yeah. I haven't uh, been to Wonderland since Brent and I were dating. Yeah, so. Well, we should go this fall. If yep. we can, if we have a friend who has season passes, <gasps> they always have deals where uh, season pass holders can bring friends in for twenty bucks. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's well, how I we, went uh, when I was in my like just after college. We used to go the the last weekend it was open mm-hmm. before they started doing like the Halloween haunt yeah. and all that stuff. And for some reason, Dave Polson always insisted that we do Whitewater Canyon as the last oh. ride. <laughs> we used to always go when the for- when it was forecasting rain, because then nobody else would go. And yeah. then when it did rain, that's when you did Whitewater Canyon. Yeah. And we did it like six times in a row, because it was pouring. Yeah. The guy was like, you want to go again? We're already wet. So we're like, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. So they've got these drying stations now. 
These like big oh. phone booths you can climb into. You pay like a couple bucks, oh, yeah. and then you walk into it and it's like blow dries your whole body. Ah, <laughs> so they well, I guess even if have... you don't want to have like kind of like you know wet diaper syndrome. They don't, the yeah, I was gonna day, say so they don't idea. know the discomfort of spending the rest of the day. Well, yeah, that's only if you're willing to pay or, for it, though. <laughs> or the discomfort of being the the poor schmuck who goes on a coaster after the <laughs> asshole who was on Whitewater Canyon got in the seat. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. sit because yeah. all the coasters. Don't have padded seats. It's mo- it's like a plastic bucket. So yeah. you yeah. just sit in it like the oh. vinyl. Just walk up. <laughs> so well, another funny thing is the day after the Canada's Wonderland announcement, another park in the chain, um, Kings Island, made their announcements for 2019, and there had been, I, I sort of keep an ear down to what's going on in the theme park uh, fandom as well. And the buzz was, oh, they're going to announce their because they had told they had said it had been not leaked, but and. Through uh, official and unofficial channels, they knew a ride was coming back. Something that had been gone, that people missed, was coming back. Oh, okay. And so everybody thought it was going to be Son of Beast, which was the world's first wooden roller coaster with a loop in it. And it was a terrible ride. Oh yeah, it was a terrible ride that almost killed some people. I wrote it. It's it was actually a really awful ride, but the rumor was it was going to be made over. So they had this big announcement at the park on Wednesday last week, and all the coaster boys were there, and they were all super excited. And the ride they announced was the return of the antique cars. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that went over like a fart in church. Aww. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. I, I've gotten, <laughs> is that I, the park on Center Island? No, Kings Island is in Cincinnati. Oh, okay. Because I used to do the antique cars in, in Center Island all the time. I, I've gotten in more into because uh, there's a YouTube channel called Defunct Land. Yeah, I love. And I've been Land. watching videos from, and it's fascinating some of the stuff. And when I was working for uh, Flink, I I had to write a trivia track for. Um, uh, ben Hur. Okay. I watched Ben Hur four times in two days. Oh. But um, one of the bits of trivia I came up is is the the I think it was Six Flags. I'm not sure if it still is. It's a park in Missouri. Uh-huh. Um, World's that, of Fun. I could be yeah because I've been there because my I have family there. I had been there and they had one the model of one of the galley ships mm. in the park as a flower bed for like years. <laughs> it's like this piece of cinematic history sitting open in the sun, yeah. just being bleached and as slowly destroyed. Bed. So nice. I talked to my my cousins in that industry. So I called him up and like, did you know about this? And he's like, Yeah, they had that. Um they also had the boat from Showboat. Oh, wow. Yeah, they they when the park opened, the idea was they were going to have kind of like a Hollywood thing, so they bought like a bunch of props at a Hollywood auction and this is back before anybody oh, cared about that yeah, stuff. Yeah, really before right. those prices started going up. He's like, "I think they had a chariot too from Ben-Hur mm-hmm. and a couple other things." And he's like, and "I'm like, so do you know what happened to them?" He's like, "The the, the showboat boat got destroyed." All that's left of it is they do. They did manage to save the. Um, I think that I think it got destroyed. The uh, the two smokestacks and they're they are somewhere on the park. Like you, you can still go see them. And he's. I think the the Ben Hur boat was brought in at some point when somebody realized what, what it was. was. And like it's been like painted like eight times over and shit like that. But that's, nice. But like just seeing some of like how the, some of the history goes, especially with like 
uh, the Disney parks and what remains of old rides in new rides and stuff like mm-hmm. that is just kind of fascinating. Yeah. Um, one last little tiny bit of theme park news. Um, Universal Studios had uh, its earnings call last week and the the CEO of Universal is sort of it's 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 an un <coughs> It's a well-known rumor that they're building another park in Florida. Yeah. Uh, it was basically confirmed by the CEO on this earnings call last week, and it looks like it will be called Universal's Fantastic Worlds. Hmm. I think we might have mentioned that already, but uh, I just thought I'd... Yeah. And the only thing we really know what that's going to go in there is more Harry Potter <laughs> and probably Nintendo. But uh, Yeah, the Nintendo one's... Almost definitely. They've been really quiet about what they're going to do with Nintendo. Uh, they thought it was going to go into the main park, the studios yeah. park, and they had started doing work, and then all of a sudden that work all stopped. So, mm. hmm. Nintendo has been notoriously difficult to deal with in certain things in the past. So, mm. you know, it might be a negotiation that went awry somewhere or something. And in Disney theme park news, the railroad and the speedway are closing in December because they've already broken ground on the new Tron ride and it's going to take up some space for those oh, rides. So, ride. so they've got to, uh, they've got to close those down for a little while while they get all the basics down mm-hmm. for Tron. So is it the same Tron ride that they have in China? In China. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, I don't know if you've been to the magic kingdom. It's going to be over by beside space mountain. I haven't been to the magic kingdom. since I was Make, nine. That makes sense. Yeah. Thematically. Right. Yeah. They, the, a billboard went up last week that said Tron is downloading magic kingdom 2020. Are they going to update like the loading bar? Buffering. 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 Or they should just have one of those spinny, the spinny wheel and just, <laughs> just have it on a motor, just always spinning. Or like a little windmill. Yeah. <laughs> so, which brings us to the next portion of the show. Um, last week, in the last episode, for those of you who didn't listen, well, you can go back and listen to it now if you want, but... Um, we uh, dove into uh, what we're, we're calling the long box of doom at mm. the moment. Um, Accurate. Yeah. And uh, we all ended up with a image title from the early years of Image Comics to do a review, much like we did with the, the random comic pack. So everybody got a comic at random. Nobody had read them or at least hadn't read them in quite a long time. Uh, who, which one of you wants to start with your mini review of your spectacular comic? Well, I'll go. Okay. So I read Stormwatch number one from March 1993, mm-hmm. uh, written by Brandon Choi and Jim Lee and drawn by Scott Clark. Um, this is the most generic 90s book ever. <laughs> so there's some muscly dudes and a girl who can fire blasters out of her hands. The only character we really get to know is the leader of the team, and he is called Battalion. <laughs> um, the others are in a fight. They're, they've got to save some kids on a bus and some kind of UN. There's some kind of UN strike force team. Uh, yeah, there's a big guy who's Japanese and um, a girl. That would be Fuji. Fuji, yep. There's a girl named Diva who can fire energy blasts. A guy named Winter who I think is Russian because he uses the word comrade when he speaks. Yep. And <laughs> that's how you that's know they're the dead, That's the dead giveaway. Somebody yeah. called Hellstrike who also looks like they can shoot laser blasts or something. Um, and uh, yep, yeah, so they got to save this guy and they don't. Uh, Ooh, spoiler. Up, uh, 
It's a it's a twenty five year old book. If um, teasing, yeah. Uh, we also get to learn that uh, Battalion has a little brother who gets himself into trouble, and because they are a UN strike force, they all get diplomatic immunity. So his brother was picked up shoplifting or doing something wrong. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, th- it ends. I'm going to tell you how this book ends too with a cliffhanger. That oh, I don't mine care does about. too. Uh, that so they're they're at the funeral for the guy they didn't save, and uh, the team that attacked them in the first place attacks at the funeral, and um, of course the rest of the team is gone. So it's just Battalion and his little brother and their UN envoy, and uh, they're after the little brother, and uh, he, he, they said in order to save the brother they have to what are they downloading something to him or. They're, they're, yeah, they're doing something where they're going to activate the little brother's powers or something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, oh, Battalion is black, but you can't tell from the first few drawings of him because of the way he's drawn. Uh, but yeah, um, I did not love this because uh, <laughs> it is a generic 90s action book. With characters that I don't care about. There's and it's like not not to diminish the art because this person can obviously draw better than I can, but like that name doesn't. What was the name on it again? Scott Clark. Yeah, doesn't ring a bell. It looks, Even looking at the art, it's like it's like that era of image art, but like nothing. Like you can't point to who yeah, did it. There's it's it's a cross like between super muscles Lee and it's a cross between Lee and Liefeld and yeah. Uh, when I tried to do some research to see what other people said about this book, I figured, oh, it's the first issue of Stormwatch. It's got to have some kind of review online. There is not a single thing I can find except people Pre-internet. selling it on eBay. How much is it going for on eBay? $3? Yeah. If it's, <laughs> there, there is a reason why Mark went here. Oh, I know. I know. I just wonder what people Everybody, were trying to Everybody's rev- reviews the Warren Ellis Stormwatch. Yes. Uh, but nobody cares about this because Warren goes in and he does his magic and he turns changes it all up. This book does have an asterisk editor's note that says "See Supreme Number One for more details." Yeah, uh, which is which is part of the problem with some of those books because Supreme Number One was a, a Liefeld book. So it was. So late. now, if the, well, not only that. Now, if this ever gets reprinted like that early Stormwatch, which I don't think it does. It's there are usually, no reprints of this book. It's usually the, the Alice run that gets reprinted. They can't reprint that connecting bit because that's an image book. Mm-hmm. And this is now technically owned by DC. It's a DC book, yeah. In in the New 52 continuity, Martian Manhunter was a member of Stormwatch. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that's more interesting to me than these people. Yeah, it's one of the... Um, to, to give you an idea for the folks at home who have never read Stormwatch, um, back in the, the late 90s, early 2000s, another thing that used to happen in comics was the crossover with other properties, mm-hmm. right? Stormwatch actually, well, I guess it was Wildcats technically crossed over with aliens, and they killed off a good chunk of the Stormwatch team with the aliens from Alien. Did they really? Yeah, like there's there's a couple of those characters that end up dead dead because of like because Warren Ellis was in the process of uh starting his run on the Authority, like switching Stormwatch over to the Authority. 
So he that's how he got rid of the dead weight characters is they wanted him to do this crossover. He's like, okay, but I'm going to murder a bunch of people. And they're like, ah, go ahead. Well, I just I just love that they the book opens with a fight scene and we're supposed to get excited about these characters with lots of belts and straps and pouches and um, <laughs> and shoulder pads. And Mine sho- have shoulder pads. Uh, uh, oh. Only when they're in their civilian clothes. Do yeah, they have shoulder pads. Can I? What would we do, Ryan's? I want to describe the cover of yours. Um, and and <laughs> oh, no, it's my there's book. Nothing about these characters that makes me interested in them. There's nothing. Nothing. Yeah, and you know what? I think that's part of the genius that is Warren Ellis. Is like one of the things he did when he took over that book. Is he introduced? He made a, it interesting. Well, yeah, but he introduced a bar in the universe called Clark's, which is like ran by a guy who mysteriously looks like Clark Kent. Uh, wears glasses. <laughs> and it's where all the superheroes go to drink. And like whenever he would do those interludes, he would introduce like interesting, like little like quirks and tidbits with some of the characters and stuff. Like Fuji, for instance. Is made out of he, when he mutated or whatever they call it in that activated like, activated he's sentient gas in a robot, so he's sitting at the table. He's a, and he's a like, sentient fart. I was yeah. just gonna say that. <laughs> no, here's where it gets kind of dirty. Oh. Is he's sitting at the table and they're like, "Why are you quiet all the time?" He's like, "Oh, I kind of turn my voice off sometimes because, um, well, when the molecules in the gas molecules in the suit collide, I I have an orgasm like every like five seconds, <laughs> followed by like a panel of everybody looking at him. The next one is, then <laughs> 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 they all go back did to drinking. Ellis, did Ellis keep any of these characters? Oh yeah, oh Fuji Fuji's in it for a bit. Uh, Battalion, he changes into like he welcome to the nineties kids and. Okay. No, that I was never, in the 2000s. I never, heard, yeah. I'd never heard of any of these characters. Diva and Winter. Winter is one of the uh, the Does ones she have that ice ends powers? up. Uh, no, it's a guy with oh. a ponytail. Ironically, has ponytail. fire powers. Yeah. Does he not have the ponytail in that? He gets it later than I guess. Yeah, he, uh, he's one of the ones they kill off out. in the, the Aliens crossover. Uh, That's oh, his power. Yep. And then they fight a team... Of mercenaries, yeah. the team doesn't have a name, but uh, the characters issue. are called Kilgore, Razor, Death Trap, and Slayer. So I think they just took them from heavy metal bands. I was going to say <laughs> they they looked at whoever was writing that issue looked at the the uh, lineup for Walken that year and went, okay, all right, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, so that's my glowing review of Stormwatch. Rush right out and get a copy of that. <laughs> You go next, Ryan? I'll go next. Because I think Jen's review is going to be pretty short. Yeah. So I got the first issue of Brigade. Boom, boom, boom. Another team book. Uh-huh. Out of Liefeld's camp this time. Well, yeah. So this one was uh, the cover is a Liefeld cover. We should say, so Stormwatch was one of Jim Lee's yeah. Wildstorm productions. Yeah, and books. the cover of Stormwatch is a Jim Lee cover. Why yep. does yours have Silver Batman on it? <laughs> I don't know. It also has... Uh, Want to be Booster Gold? Uh-huh. Male Jubilee. Male Jubilee. And red-headed Wolverine. And red-headed Wolverine. And two and two nondescript blondes that have pretty much the exact same face, so except hair their hair is different. Darker. Yeah. <laughs> and Cable Wannabe. Ah. With the shoulder pads. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Silver Batman. <laughs> so the we get introduced to our main character, uh, Battlestone. 
Battlestone. Battlestone. That's why when you said your character's name, I was like, wait a minute, is that the same person in my book? No. But no. Battalion. Battalion. You guys could write a crossover where Battalion. Oh, they crossed over a lot. <laughs> so, let's a little backstory. So, Battlestone is the one who created the brigade. Yeah, he used to be in Youngblood. Oh, but left Youngblood because they were out of Washington. Because he got too old. No, oh. because of the, it's just too much red tape. They're you know being in, it's they're in Washington and it's all covered. You know, red tape, this and that. You know, this book, their team, they're based out on the West Coast. Oh, so of course the book starts with him running out for a jog. And just wearing shorts. He's got feet. It's a Liefeld book? No, he Liefeld didn't dry didn't it. It's, a, it's out Liefeld did the cover where he has no feet. And it's out of his oh, yeah, studio that. system. He has no feet. He has a little skull on his head. Yes. Is that his like, little mouse buddy? I don't it's know. Morlock. So, and we continue to, to learn and meet other members well, of the he's team. He's got two ponytails. Yes. Who, um, Those are called pigtails. When somebody has two ponytails, it's called pigtails. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Usually worn by five-year-old girls. <laughs> so we meet more members of the team that are also like shirtless uh, <laughs> and with all these bulging muscles everywhere. Uh, <laughs> some of them are apparently there's a pair. Of, no, some of them are two of them are brothers, and they're fighting over because they just found out that they might have been sharing the same girl. Yeah, so that, that sets the tone for this book. But at least that's some character development. I got none of that in Stormwatch. Oh okay. my god, wait till I do mine. <laughs> so as this book continues on, the, there's a, something, uh, the terrorists have taken over some building in Washington, and they're like, oh, well, that's Youngblood territory. Los Angeles. And we're like, but Youngblood isn't, the young, the, the, that team's not responding. So they have no. to go and do. So they show up in no time. I don't know how they traveled there, but they went there from, like just like that. Yeah. And... Uh, well, they're in Malibu. Malibu? Malibu. Malibu's a suburb of LA. I don't know. I don't live there. So they end up there, you know, to save the day, to start showing off some of the different people's powers. Um, one of them can, like... Sorry, now I'm giggling at the pigtails. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, that is an interesting picture. His pigtails are flying out like a reverse V coming off of his head. Is he native? I don't know. Is he? I don't know. Uh, honestly, I'm um, not. I'm not very familiar with brigade. So we finally get to see them in their costumes. Uh, of course, the female members of the team are, you know, wearing more or less bathing wearing bathing suits. suits. They break into the the building where the terrorists are there. They start fighting oh, people. Oh, you got trading cards too. I did. I got trading cards for Stasis and Battlestone. 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 Did they make toys of these characters? No. No, Brigade didn't get any, I don't think. Can you go back a sec? Looking at her costume, Yep. I can't imagine how much shaving that she has to do to look good in that. Like, everything. Is she? Does she have water powers? Is that why she's wearing a swimsuit? No, she uh, she, she has not stasis abilities. Uh-huh. She can pop, like, freeze everybody, I guess, can put up stasis fields. freeze her hair follicles? Because, my Excuse God, me. she would have to do, like, nose-to-toes waxing. Well, her name is Stasis. Every day. So that's what, you know, that makes sense. Uh, So as the story progresses, the way that we're introduced to the characters is these little data entry logs. Okay. uh, Where it shows data entry log number 30. File update, subject, Stasis, and then blah, 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 blah. Their newest member, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Which we find out later, you know, there's a point to that, but I'm not there yet. Uh, There's a point where one of the characters grabs a terrorist, um... And drops them outside the building. Just drops them. He's like a flying well, guy. because they don't want to deal with red tape. Yeah. 
They just well, deal like, with justice. Here you go. So the one guy was about to sneak up on the girl, and he's like, well, this scumbag isn't, ain't going to lay a hand on our precious little stasis. Then he goes, in fact, he ain't going to lay his hands on much of anything anymore. Say goodnight, Gracie, and drops him. And then Battlestone replies, oh, Seahawk, you miss, you misbegotten. Have you ever considered thinking before you act? There's a news crew out there, for God's sake. And he goes, really? Cool. Ought to look great on the 11 o'clock news. Is Seahawk Silver Batman? Yes, that's Silver Batman. Okay. We should pick one of these com- comics and do a dramatic reading of it. Oh, yeah, maybe we should do that in, for the, the Christmas episode. Uh, and it's a, it, it, yeah, it's a total image book. Like, look at the wonderful... Um, anatomy? Thank you, that's the word. An- anatomy <laughs> of this drawing, where this guy is bending sideways and backwards at the same time. Yeah, his poor spine. As he jumps down the stairs at a bad guy. His oh, poor he's going down the stairs? It looks like he's going up the no, stairs. No, he's, he's jumping he, down at the... Either, either way. arched arched his body in such a way that, that he's twi- imagine somebody twisting and flexing backwards all at the same time <laughs> Jen can put a picture up on her Instagram yeah oh. but the one that also so that, that happens he falls he tangles with the bad guy then he stands up in the ultimate man spreading pose of <laughs> look at me bad guy I'm gonna stop you I I'm coming at you penis first <laughs> exactly now from like I wouldn't say I'm the greatest fighter in the world by any stretch, but I have taken martial arts a little bit, and I have been in one or two fights. That that stance leads up to the other guy going, "Huh," and kicking your foot out. From well, exactly. From my you. days back in amateur wrestling, that the, the guy's just asking for you to grab his leg and, and drop and then him. You stomp on his face. Yeah. Or I would kick him in the crotch because it's like right there. So yeah. So then the, the bomb explodes. The building falls. Uh, and now that we've all seen how buildings fall in real life, that doesn't happen in this comic. He just falls into a big pile, and everybody's like, oh, my God. They're still standing right beside it. Mm-hmm. And then the, you know, our hero crawls. Oh, and there's an ad for Jen's comic in yes. there. Yeah. Coming soon. we got to stop uh, calling we get a couple, Jen's comic. Two, like two-page spread, like just Posters, poster images drawn in here. And then we find out that all these data entries, because they're being watched. The whole thing was being was a setup. <sighs> They're being watched by a bad guy in space who's now, he's like, oh, you know, at last I have found opponents worthy of my might. So he gets a computer to chart a course for Earth. These, these fortunate fools will taste the power of genocide. Oh, is that the bad guy's name is genocide? That's the bad guy's name oh, is genocide. So who's the writer and who's the artist to be blamed for this book? Uh, the script... Was a Rob Liefeld, Hank Canals, Eric Stephenson. Eric Stevenson is like the head of Image right now, too. Yeah, book had four writers. Three. Three three of them. Three writers, two inkers, one colorer, one letterer, one technical. The inks are done by Paul Scott and Norm Rapmund. Rapamund? Rapamund? Uh, so that's the inks. Sorry, the yeah. pencil and co plotter, Marat Michaels. He's still around. He's gotten much better. He's no longer like an image clone. And creator, point. co-plotter, Rob Liefeld. Yeah. Uh, I want to say... I oh, wor- sorry, Kitty. He worked on something with uh, Jimmy Palmati not too long ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's 
he's one like you got to start somewhere. Oh yeah, and, mm-hmm. and some of these artists go on to, like very good careers and or careers elsewhere. Stephen Platt, who was a Liefeld clone for a good chunk of his career, that is now storyboarding like the Marvel movies. Yeah, and like, so. I, I think. The characters in the story—it's just you know—it's a first issue of a team book. Yeah, and introducing all these all these new people, they did a decent enough job, kind of being like, "This is this guy, and this is his power, and this is this person, and, and these two are brothers, and they're always fighting with each other." But you try to, you know, it's one of those. Like at one point, they try to bring him up, and they're like, "Oh, what? We're just having a disagreement." Meanwhile, the other guy was trying to kill. They were trying to kill each other. So at least it has some, you know, there is some character development. Uh, it could maybe. Become an okay story? I don't know. I'm not going to go out there and try to read them. It the, may have had potential. The problem that you ended up getting with books like that is the... it. I don't know for that book in particular, but Liefeld's universe in particular, all the books were interconnected. So, like, the main character used to be in Youngblood, for instance. In yeah. Youngblood, at that point, I think it maybe had two, three issues mm-hmm. out. Kind oh, of really? Thing. And then just... Yeah. He left Youngblood to No, start. he wasn't even in the book. So they're like they're saying he was in it at one point. Oh, and, so he wasn't yeah. even he was never and, in see I assumed he was in Youngblood and left Youngblood to get his own spin off team book. Nope. Okay. Nope. So they're uh, just saying he was yep. a member, but Youngblood was still a new thing. I too. think he appears in issue zero, which that book had already come out when yeah. issue zero did. And it's one of those things too that like all those books went late at some point or not. Oh, so of trying to they did. at the time Trying to keep the story straight, what there is of a story. Good luck. Yeah. And in case everyone's wondering what Jen was giggling about, she saw my note that I left on my page. I put a little <laughs> note at that part where the guy was jumping down the stairs and just he wrote has on a it bookmark that says- Unrealist unrealistic bending. <laughs> Uh, there's a there's an issue of Youngblood that I saw somebody dissect one of the panels where they're like the only thing Die Hard could be hitting this guy with is his crotch. Well, that <laughs> like, was that other panel where it was like I'm coming at you, penis first. Ha <laughs> My oh. penis is here to save the day. <laughs> Jen, I think yours is going to be kind of short, but. Oh. Okay, so I kind of tried to read Pitt. Who's it written and drawn by? I don't know. People. Inside. Created by Dale Keown? Yes. Mm -hmm. Canadian. Pencils and inks. Does a lot of good stuff nowadays, doesn't he? Brian Houghton. No. He was drawing Hulk when he left. Yes. He he was big shit. He was he oh, was yeah. the he was the dude who followed McFarland on Hulk and like knocked it out of the park. He was part of Peter David's run on. Yeah, Hulk. yeah, I loved that run of Hulk. I didn't know McFarland did a run on Hulk. Yep, yeah, and he, before Spider Man, uh, Gray Hulk. Oh, did he? So, yeah. I have no freaking clue what this is about. <laughs> <laughs> like attempt? Well, did you not read the book? I did read it. I, what okay. happens in it? I, I know generally know. what. <laughs> I know generally what the series is about. So it starts off, there's a motorcycle gang that gets attacked by a giant, muscly, naked person with no nose. <laughs> For no reason, He's the naked guy's walking down the street, and then he rips everybody's arms off. <laughs> and then a child wakes up because he had a bad dream. <laughs> For one page. And then we're in a police station elsewhere. <laughs> And then there's cops <laughs> for two pages. <laughs> I love this. 
and then we're back at the muscly guy. Now he has clothes. And well, he steal them from the guys whose arms he ripped off? I don't think so. Like, Dude, like the it Terminator? Looks like he's wearing chains, so they might not actually he is. be clothes. He, he is wearing chains, too. And he's talking to somebody whose voice bubbles are in blue. And then there's aliens. Ooh. <laughs> and witches? No. <laughs> and then the aliens die, I think. <laughs> or that might be a flashback. <laughs> but then we're back at the naked guy. and Is he naked again? No, he's still wearing <laughs> chains. And then we're at Times Square subway station where some well, there's, fat there's naked is guys complaining that the subway is not going because there was a crime at some point that wasn't in this book. <laughs> but there was a crime and the police officers are there. Then they all start shooting. And then there's these big metallic, I assume, aliens that don't Well, that one looks like he's Rocky. That one looks like rock. And then the book ends. Ends with the picture of the naked guy and, and the kid in the bed. <laughs> Look like you're expecting me to tell you. So what the hell is this book about? So um, the alien has a psychic connection to the child. That's the, the, Which one is the alien? There's three aliens the, the, in this the, book. The, the, one the blue with the one, chain. the naked one, or the metal the ones naked, at the end? The naked one with the chains. Why? Uh, I, that I don't remember. I honestly don't know how many issues of that book ever came out. Why would anybody buy a second issue? Would you issue? like to know? Yes. I can tell you. There were 20. Oh, my God. Uh, it, really? It only was published for nine issues by Image. Uh, oh, and, and then, then he, he went on his own. own. studio called Full Bleed. Yep. Um, so the cops are your stereotypical misogynistic assholes where that's my case that's not your case you're doing this case and here's a chick that you have to be partners with i don't want to work go with make no me chicks. coffee and the chick is like i'm not a chick i'm a badass <laughs> look at the size of my dick uh, i didn't think anything was good to top or review sore <laughs> man but this might be it and then but i don't even know why they're in this book like i i i don't i don't know i give up now, did they? I did, did not like this story because there was no story in that run of action figures of the Independence. Ah, was there a pit? There was a build a figure that is highly sought after. Is Pit the naked guy? Yes, I'm assuming because it's Pit because he's on the cover on the front. Yes, yeah. with no nose. Why doesn't he have? A he's nose? an alien. He is has, he? I don't know. <laughs> See those lines well, there. If, that's if his you nostrils. end up coming to Fan Expo, I I think he's got a table again this year. You can walk up and th- go explain this to me. No, I don't want to um, know. Dale Keon, Dale one of those. We should mis- get him to sign it for. Us. <laughs> <laughs> to Jen, I'm glad you love the book. Um, he's a. I've met him. Nice guy. I'm um, sure he is. He, he he has gone back and done some Marvel stuff here and there. I was just say the name's familiar. Yeah, um, it's one of those things. Like, and he his style has evolved from from that image sort of McFarlane style. Uh, the thing with him is he's always the mystery of me to me of like. <laughs> he's always the mystery meat. I'm like, what? <laughs> um, I don't. He's know, what's in the hot dog. I don't quite know how he survives. Cause like he like he'll do a run on Hulk here and there or something else. Yeah, maybe Usually he's independently wealthy. Yeah. Is this page at 
the very, very end that has absolutely nothing to do with the story is actually pretty nice art, I have to admit. And you know what? That's not him. No. <laughs> That's Sam Geese. I do kind of like this picture. Which is Pitt and the kid. The kid's in the book for one page. Well, it's just mm. the first issue. you got to come back to find out about it. he wake up, and he had a nightmare, and his grandpa's like, oh, yeah, nightmares suck. And yeah. then... Of course you know. He just dreamed about this big naked guy ripping people <laughs> apart. I'd wake up screaming too. But what this? I don't. I don't get it. I don't. I don't like this book. I don't want to ever look at it again. <laughs> so what'd you get, Brent? Uh, tell us. Oh, I should have gone before Jen because my <laughs> review is going to be a little. Because you loved this issue, didn't you? No, no, oh. not at all. Actually, um, I got a Wildcats number one. Uh, <laughs> co-written and created by Jim Lee and Brandon Choi, who also wrote your book. Stormwatch, yep. Um, penciled by Jim Lee, got inked by Scott Williams, and um, it's interesting because uh, I know what Wildcats is about because mm-hmm. I saw the cartoon and I've read later issues of Wildcats, like uh, the Alan Moore run and and you're the, reading the uh, current stuff, aren't you? The yeah, um, I'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, Joe Casey runs really good on Wildcats too. But I kind of set that knowledge aside. If I did not have that knowledge, I would have much like Jen's book. I wouldn't have much of an idea of what's going on in this. It jumps back and forth in what was then the future, kinda, because it starts in. The past in 1980 in the Arctic, and then we move to the present in 1990, which, uh, when did this book come out? Probably 93. This book has a publishing date of 92. Interestingly, this is listed as one of three in the the, the little text. It was a miniseries? I guess, and then it just kept going. And then we jump forward to... Today, which is ninety two, and then they At least then your they tells you. yeah sorta, <laughs> and then we're introduced to Void, who is a silvery chick with big boobs and impossibly long legs. Like mm-hmm. I don't mean like oh those are long legs. I mean like no people can't have legs that are that long with in joints in those positions. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then we are introduced to other members of the, the Wildcats team, like Spartan, who has an impossibly high collar, and Maul, who is kind of a Hulk guy. Is he a Darth? with No, just Maul. With horns on his back, though, so maybe they're related. Um, Warblade, who has like these cables coming out of him and can make sharp, pointy fingers. And then we see, meet the the bad guy who has a floating mask head and gas coming out of his neck, like that. Where the, the action the, the 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 playing card or the, oh, the collectible sorry. cards in the way? Oh, oh okay. He's got hey, a gas he's head. Got no head. Yeah. And then we meet a new character named Voodoo, who's okay. Given the look of her costume, what do you say her occupation is? I know this because yeah. That would be correct. 
She is an exotic dancer. She actually had her own book at the New 52. Yep. I read the first trade of Voodoo. And Not no, that there's anything no. wrong with being a stripper, but it, this is obviously played more for laughs yeah. than anything else. Or for, hey, look at this drawing of yeah. a woman with boobs. Oh, and, my God. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's... um. I don't know what's coming on and then going on in this. And then enter Zealot right at the end. Uh, another wim- woman with an impossible anatomy and swords this time. Swords and some sort of boomerang thing. Um, and apparently she knows this dude named Grifter who is... Uh, honestly, Grifter's one of those costume designs I just love. Despite the fact that it's so 90s and Grifter's so cheesy. the dude with the... Yeah, he's got like a bandana mask and a trench coat, and he has guns. Oh, he looks like Deadpool with bad hair. Yeah. But, um, yeah. How many of those characters are still around? Uh, Quite a few of them, right? Well, so we go back, interestingly enough, Warren Ellis is doing a book called The The Wild Wild Storm, Storm, where he has been given sort of a carte blanche to reinterpret the whole Wildstorm universe, which includes your Stormwatch and my Wildcats. Right. And it's interesting the difference in approach mm. while still containing a lot of the same story beats. <laughs> now, this comic got an animated series. Have you ever yes. watched Wildcats, the yes, animated series? Yes, I did. He said he saw the yep. cartoon. How did they get Weren't the you paying attention to the beginning of his review? Uh, I don't think she's a stripper in the cartoon. I don't uh. think so either. Uh, the cartoon. So this book focuses on... Um, so there's two teams with superpowers, one good, one bad, and they are both trying to get to Voodoo, the stripper lady, before the other team gets to her. Why? Well, she has some kind of... She has a power where she she can see the the sight stuff. (laughs) She can see what our... uh, I know this because I've read later books. She can see daemonites, which are these aliens that possess yeah. people. There, that is never really mentioned in this book oh, at man. all. Because <laughs> this is like an alien, like, stop the aliens from attacking. Kind of. It's alien X-Men, really. Right. Oh, my God. Because the other team is alien-based, too. What? Google users, 93% liked this TV show. Wildcats? It's not a terrible cartoon. It was it Canadian, wasn't it? Six point nine out of ten on IMDb and six point eight on TV. Playmates did our action figures for it as well. When I was working at the comic store in Aurelia back in the nineties, when these kinds of books were coming out, there was a guy who would come into the store who was uh, who was just getting started as an animator, and I'm pretty sure Wildcats was one of the shows he worked on. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it was an Elvina. Um, it, it's kind of a. a what our listeners may not realize is, like, these books sold, like, even the shittiest of these books sold more than any book that we are reading today. The only book that outsold The Pit the month it came out was Death of Superman. Seriously? That many people bought that? Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was it was during the high of the, the speculator boom. And, yep. and, and Image comics. was the thing, and everybody wanted Image number ones were hot. Yep. You like I can I can remember a time where so How many people bought issue number 2? Uh choose usually there's a sell uh okay so uh issue second issues of comics are usually under ordered by comic shops. So it 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 would be hard to say kind of like what the the supply demand was, but I remember a time where like that was like a $30 book. I'm wiping this book from my memory, by the way. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but it, it's like, it, it's just crazy to think that, like, 
and now like like I love comics. I love comics then. I love comics now. But it's like now just like how much kind of the quality has gone up in at least in the yes. writing department. Like we've kind of gotten a meeting of the minds now where the the arts tends to be pretty solid and the writing tends to be pretty solid. I got um, an idea for a palate cleanser. <laughs> Okay. We each pick a comic from our own collections that we like, and we trade them. Ooh. One of you is reading either My Little Ponies or Squirrel Girl, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you have Gem and Trade, too. Yeah. Gem I, was I like really good. Because then we can read something that's not Yeah, we, maybe we should do that. Well, the next episode will be uh, the Fan Expo episode. Our Fan Expo review. Okay. So uh, I'm looking at a website called Comicron.com, which has sales figures. Yes. Um, so for the year 1993, uh, Stormwatch was the number 11 uh, book of the year. Uh, I think is what I'm seeing here. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. It was one of the lower-tiered image books. Well, Stormwatch number one was the number 11 book of the year 1993. Uh, And Spawn Spawn number 11 came out that month as well. It was number 13. So Uh, what are, that year, what what are the top three? Action Comics 687, Adventures of Superman 501, Superman 78, and Man of Steel 22. Okay, so they're all Those part of the death return of, of the, yeah. the, the the return of the Superman. The 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 four the reign of the, the Superman. Reign of Superman yeah. oh, okay, uh, and the number, four with so the, the, with the, the fold first non Superman book is actually Turok Dinosaur Hunter. Yep, those four Superman yeah. books, I have them. Yeah, yeah, uh, and then uh, Batman 500, Darker Image. Darker Image, Deathblow, Deathmate, Stormwatch, Max, Spawn. Uh, you don't get a Marvel book. Batman 500. Uh, is that the is one with Azrael's costume change? Like where he becomes Batman? No, when he goes, when Azrael goes from being in the Batman costume to like the Batman armored costume. Oh. Is that 500? I don't know. Yes, I believe it is. Who's mm. Azrael? He's Batman when Batman got his back broken. Yeah. So, so the death of Superman had like this cascade effect in DC where they they killed off a lot of their or got rid of took a lot them of off their the board or while. something. So Superman died. Batman got his back broken, and another guy replaced him for a while who went nuts and and stuff. It's actually a pretty good storyline. Well, at least the 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 it's kind of the reverse of the the Superman one. The payoff is Batman getting his back broken because it's a really cool story with Bane sending everything up like this big master plot to weaken Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, after that, uh, Green Lantern goes crazy due to events in the, the death of Superman books. And he starts killing off Green Lanterns. And, oh dear. Yeah. That's, it, 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 that's, he becomes parallax. Yep. 1992, Wildcats was the number two book of that year. What was number one? Superman 75. So Superman, Wildcats. Where did Brigade fall in 92? Brigade's not going to be up in the high ones, I don't think. Brigade one was was number 31. That's impressive. Yep. It was also, this is one of four, it says. So apparently it's just a four issue miniseries. Your top ten in 92 were Superman, Wildcats, Venom, number one, Spawn, eight, Spider-Man 2099, Punisher 2099, Spawn, Pit, Uncanny X-Men. So, you like, the Pit uh, Pit even gets in there, right? Well, good. I'm glad the guy made money off of it. Yeah. Well, well someone made money off of it. So, but, like, 
you've read you've well, I think you've read the parts of the, or at least the universe where Kevin and I were in since like yeah, you read the authority, I think. A while I have ago. been in your universe every once in a while. <laughs> Not often. But like the, 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 the quality has <laughs> gone up on a lot of these these characters. Yep. And it's I can't remember who said it. Was it would it I think it was Chris Claremont said it on an episode of Prisoners of Gravity that um, writers know pretty quickly that they can't draw a lot quicker than some artists know that they can't write. <laughs> and that's uh, like, and that's not, you know, these guys made a shit ton of money off of it, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like, Jim Lee and uh, McFarlane in particular were the first to catch on that we're good story guys or idea guys. We need somebody to actually write this. Yeah. Somebody else to flesh it out. You look at McFarlane's cast of writers over the years the quality of like that's where bendis got his real mainstream start was was working on spawn books oh really yeah before before marvel poached him he was doing hell spawn which was like a a a darker spawn book Mm. for lack of a better term and sam and twitch the the cop spinoff book from spawn Asriel is also the name of Gargamel's cat. Yes. yes, yes, it is. That's why every time I hear Asriel, I think of a cat. Yeah, yeah. Um, type in Batman Asriel and Jim Lee. Why? I got well, a cat. and, and Liefeld too. Liefeld <laughs> was Liefeld was smart enough to like at one point we're like, "What's Alan Moore doing? Oh, he he's needs money. Well, I guess who's got a lot of money to bring Alan Moore? He in. wrote Supreme for quite a while. He wrote he? he wrote a really good run of Supreme. Uh, wrote on Wildcats for Lee, uh, Youngblood for a little bit. Yeah, um, wrote Violator from McFarlane's. Uh, ooh, I know that when these books came out initially, there was nothing about them that did anything for me. I I had no interest in them at all. But oh, I worked I, at a comic shop at the time. Yeah. And uh, so I knew all about them, but I didn't care. I knew nothing. I was collecting hockey cards and Superman, and yeah. that was it. And uh, the number of people who came didn't in care about to buy Spawn. these things was crazy. And then there was the crossover with Valiant. Yeah, that Death, Death Mate. Mate. I think it's uh, the, and the back two, of yours or back of one of yours has an ad for it. The two, uh, here it is. Yeah. There were oh, it was a six issue crossover. Three were published by Valiant. Three were published by Image. I think the last one from the Image side has still never. No, never it come did out. come out, oh, but it was it? like a year or two years. It late. was more like. Uh, uh, would you was, like to guess which artist was the one drawing it was that? Was Liefeld, wasn't yes, it? Yes, that would be correct. It was. It was ridiculous. Um, but those two, those were the big speculator books at the time. Were the Image books and yeah. the Valiant books. And now most of it, I think the I think the original run of the Valiant books still go for a couple bucks because they were they had low print runs and they were the, the they were the two companies that were vying for Marvel and DC. And Marvel started having major financial issues around that time period. DC, owned by Warner Brothers, was just chugging along just fine, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, so uh, that th- this is kind of a uh, look at the comic childhood of Brent because <laughs> I was fully into these type of books when I was that age, and in, now in, I know better. <laughs> in ninety two, ninety three, I think I was reading Archie's. I was uh, for comics. I was getting Youngblood and X Force from Marvel, which was a Liefeld book before he left to form Image. It's, but I, I love Jen's review of Pitt. <laughs> that I think that beats Solar Man. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, think, I think that's better than your review of Solar. I Man. hope yep. the next run of these books that he gave us are better. 
They're the That's next. That's why I proposed the palate cleanser. Yeah, we can do the palate cleanser in a couple a couple months or a month or okay. two. We'll do another one where it, it's a bigger variety, both time wise and subject wise. Okay. <laughs> I and just want to do it. You want to do a trade, like a trade? Okay. But we can or no. No, but as far as oh, like palate cleanser between yeah, us, yeah, yeah. but you want you just want a floppy book or like a, a single no, just issue, a floppy, yeah, or a, or a trade paperback with like a well, a we can line. we can figure that out. Okay, later we'll then. figure it out. Yeah. Trying to think what I what I would give you. Hmm. Then we can put our names in a hat and be like Secret Santa. Okay. Anyway, listeners probably don't want to hear about all this. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of it. I guess that brings it. us to our geek picks of the week. Yes, sure. It does. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. I've got one. I wasn't going to use this, but I couldn't think of anything better. (laughs) But last night I found myself, after I woke up out of my days of eating too much macaroni and cheese (laughs) and adulting all day. (laughs) (laughs) I woke up to the sound of my phone going off because one of my friends was texting me to see if I wanted to play video games. And I was like, no. And then I saw... That Sharknado was on TV. <laughs> but not just Sharknado. It was... What's the, what's the official title of this one? Six. Oh, number right. six. You are living the single life hard. <laughs> the last Sharknado. There's been six. It's about time. Is what it was actually what it's called. Yes. No, that's my, that was my reaction when I saw there was six. I forgot about four and five. I forgot about Apparently two they destroyed six. the world in, in five. <laughs> so I missed the first five minutes. So I missed how... The, the Ian Ziri ended up in the dinosaur age. What? <laughs> yep. Oh. The movie starts off with him more or less recreating the scene from Jurassic, uh, the new Jurassic World movie where all the dinosaurs are running off the cliff. Um, with him in like an SUV and then all these dinosaurs running around him and he's got a bag <laughs> and these dinosaurs are jumping off the cliff. And then next thing you know, one of the dinosaurs has the bag in his mouth and he's like, no, 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 that's mine. And he's facing off with this dinosaur and gets it back. And then he's like, oh, just standing there looking off at the at the water. And you can see like a Sharknado starting. And he's like, oh, no. And then a T-Rex comes up behind him and he's like, oh, no. And then a giant shark jumps out of the water and eats the T-Rex. Then another dinosaur grabs the bag again. He gets it from it, jumps onto its head, climbs over its back, and does the Fred Flintstone slide down the tail, <laughs> like with you know, like with the arms out and both uh, legs, like a totally like really badly done the CGI, like woo, like right off the, the beginning of the episode of the Flintstones. Um, that wasn't the only Flintstones reference they made while back in time. Oh my god! But uh, the movie then continues. They start battling Sharknados throughout time, working their way back towards the present. They Who's stop they? Well, him, uh, Tara Reid, okay. and a couple other characters from, from the movies um, over the years. Like they, Oh, so it's like the all-star team of Sharknado. Well, yeah, but like the main one. So like Vivica A. Fox is in it again, and uh, a few other people. And then all these people that, a lot of them died in past movies. Well, time travel. So that's but so apparently their Tara Reed and Ian Zier's son is the one that sent him to the past and has been going doing all this time traveling, you know, timey wimey wibbly wimbly stuff, uh, grabbing people as they're about to die and sending them to other to older 
points in the history where his family, his parents then meet up with them and they start collecting a few of these people and bringing them forward with them to try to do the whole thing of trying to stop Sharknadoes from happening in the first place and erasing all the existing timelines and putting Mm -hmm. things back. So they fight uh, uh, Sharknadoes at the, um, uh, the, I guess the War for Independence is that what it's the American yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. with the British mm-hmm. and uh, I forget the, I don't know who the actor is that plays Benjamin Franklin but it's like oh my oh my fucking god uh, and each time they got to get well there's at one point they're riding they're riding terad- a pterodactyl they ride the pterodactyl into the middle to the medieval times where um, uh, what's his name the 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 big side the scientist guy who had the show. Bill Nye? No, not that. The other scientist guy had the newer show. The newer show. Oh, Neil deGrasse the, Tyson. Yes. So he's in it. Oh, he's no. he's Merlin. <laughs> I need to see this movie now. Oh, no. The more you talk about this movie that can see it in Brent's eyes, the more he's going to want to watch it. Yeah. He's Merlin. And he had been training with their son who had been teaching him all the sciencey stuff because he's a time traveler. And they they end up always ca- just catching up to their son just but like he jumps into the Sharknado to travel through time and then they have to like the stop the Sharknado. The, the Sharknado is the time travel device. device. Yeah, it's something about Rosenberg bridges and <laughs> but they have to reach a certain speed. And eighty eight miles per hour? No, oh. no. They, they, oh, they missed that joke. Well, no, no. Eighty eight per hour. Benjamin Franklin. Okay, so I'm, I'll jump ahead. There's, oh there's, a, there's a scene where you've got Neil deGrasse Tyson flying, riding a pterodactyl <laughs> in a wizard costume. So, but so jumping ahead to the uh, to the, the with Benjamin Franklin, he ties a kite. They they, they got to reach speed. Well, they don't have anything that can get them fast enough. So they put them in a carriage with barrels of TNT and gunpowder in the back of it with. A kite on a string on a string with a key, and he makes a like a time you know running out of time or like a Back to the Future time joke. Okay, about getting Back to the Future, and even Ian Z like kind of just looks at the one of the other guys and he just kind of they look at each other just like yeah yeah like kind of the yeah he made it Back to the Future joke or whatever. It's like. I'm terrified that this is going to be but your, this is movie your geek pick for like, next time geek. we do the review a bad movie thing. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's my geek pick because as bad as the movies are, you got to give them credit for breathing new life into that genre of oh, movies. They, they know exactly what, what they're making. What genre is it? Tornado yeah. sharks? No, but no, B bad movie B movies that, uh, that okay. know that they're a bad B movie. And just feed into it. Yeah, That's so what yeah. these movies just have. To, so oh wait, so with the whole medieval times thing, Ian Ziri pulls Excalibur out of the stone, <laughs> and it's fucking got like chainsaw blade, like looking like <laughs> teeth on the fucking. Because he's always carrying that. He always fights the sharks with the chainsaw, right? And it's like, oh, I half expected it to like get hit by a lightning and start like boom, like revving with a chain going, but it didn't do that. But it, yeah, it's like, oh. But I fell asleep on the couch at about 9.30, so I missed like the last half hour, so I don't know how uh, it ended. 
Or maybe there is no, no Chardonnay 06 and this whole thing is a mac and cheese fever dream of yours. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a good mac another, and cheese. It's the another. one that you can buy at the grocery store that has it comes in like the in the already, you know, you throw it in the oven. It's the white the white cheese and macaroni. Like, oh, it's really good. You should <laughs> it's more than enough for one person to eat. It's probably meant for four people. I didn't eat it all. I had a little bit of it with, well, there may be like, you know, oh, a bit of it with dinner tonight, up, but. Uh, I kind of want to put up a poll of what's the, what's the better episode title for this episode? Uh, <laughs> which mac and is, cheese and which is coma. aliens, whatever, or mac and cheese fever dream. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so uh, shark the, the, so the latest Sharknado movie of just all of them. Just sit down, if, sit down, turn your brain off, have a drink, do whatever you got to do. Have it on as white noise. I don't care, but you know what? Give you know, just watch it. That'll make, that'll make uh, one of my Twitter followers happy because the guy who created Shark Sharknado follows me on Twitter. Oh jeez, him and the the film company that uh, makes those, the Asylum. They also make like. Transmorphers and I tr- Alien vs. Predator Hunters. I tried to like watch that. Transmorphers and Transmorphers 2. Yeah. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. No. I, I started Sharknado watching it. Sharknado is probably the pinnacle of what they have done. I think my best Transmorphers interaction was back when there used to be Roger's home video stores. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first Transmorphers, I think, had come out and was in, you know, for rental. But at the same time, one of the, you know, they, they always coincided with a Transformers movie oh, in theater. That's how that's they make how their they, money. And I, I'm sure I saw, I heard some some mom grabbing and say, oh, isn't this that, that Transmorphers? Isn't that that <gasps> one you wanted to, that, that so-and-so wanted to see? Oh, let's get this. And I'm just like, oh, you were so disappointed. <laughs> Okay. So that's so my geek Sharknado pick. Sharknado 6. Oh Who's next? God. Who can top that? Well, I'll talk about something that's actually good. Um, Sharknado 6 is good. It starts a little slow, but the second episode made me giggle. Uh, so I've, I've watched the first two episodes of Disenchanted. Oh, oh. that was my geek pick. Oh, I wondered if it was going to be your geek pick. It can still be your geek pick. Have you watched more than two episodes? Uh, I watched three four, or four. I, think. I watched the first two episodes of that, too. I think it's pretty funny. The second, I didn't laugh at all during the first episode. The first episode felt like a lot of exposition, a lot of setting up. And uh, Oh, I laughed. <laughs> uh, but the second episode made me laugh quite a bit. Uh, I thought I, I was I quite It gets pretty it. solid. Yeah. Uh, it's only ten episodes, uh, so um, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. I don't like to binge watch things. I don't like to do it all at once. I like to stretch things out over a few days. So, um, But I thought the voice acting was good. I thought the, the character designs were fun. And uh, I, love, I love the way the backgrounds look on that show. Mm. Uh, and I think the the biggest jokes are those tiny little hidden gems in the backgrounds, like the signs of the the shops. Yeah, they're all yeah. they're all puns that are very funny. But that's uh, what they did a lot a lot in Futurama too. Yeah, it, it doesn't grab me the way Futurama no. does. The characters, I don't. I, the main character is not that likable. I find Princess Bean. I, well, think, I think that's the whole point is that she's not supposed to be. Yeah, but if you're gonna rent, create your show around her. I find her more likable than Elfo. Elfo, I think, is very funny. I love the little demon guy, Lucy. Yeah. He's, I think, my favorite character. But you have to think back to, you know, Futurama. Those first few episodes and stuff, yeah, they, they were... they were great they, either. Yeah. 
Yeah, but uh, I, I I quite enjoyed it, and I'm going to stick with it. So yeah, it's only ten episodes, and I I assume they're around a half an hour. The first episode I noticed was 37 minutes, and the second one was under 30. So yeah, I, I guess they're, they're whatever about, length. The, they're about 30 a piece. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah, my Greek geek pick, as always, Squirrel Girl. It's still very very good, uh, especially this last one where uh, the redemption of Craven the Hunter was pretty awesome. Um. But yeah, my other geek pick was also Disenchantment. So uh, I, I really, I really liked it. I mean, yep. I I wasn't going in with really high expectations because usually if it's a spinoff, because everybody was saying, oh, it's like Futurama only, it's medieval, and I was but like, it's uh, not a spinoff. It's well, just no, but it's like if it's a same second characters, if it's a second or, creation of yeah. somebody who did something. Oh, well, I guess this would kind of be the third because it was yep. Simpsons and then Futurama and now Disenchantment. And so I'm like, well, I mean, how much good stuff can this guy possibly still have? But, I mean, I other than the voices, because there's the same voices from Futurama, a lot of them yeah. kind of throw me John off John DiMaggio and, and Maurice LaMarche and, yeah. all McNeil. over it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the, the, the design of Elf, the elves, Elfo, is very much like the, the elves in The Simpsons. Well, the little, they remind me of the Keebler elves. Yeah. I think it's they're yeah. supposed to, yeah. given they're making candy at yeah. the beginning <laughs> episode. We we get paid in candy to buy more candy. It makes no sense. <laughs> um, yeah, but I I really I'm liking it so far. Like we said, we've watched three episodes. I think um, I, I really like the Serpent Queen, <laughs> the stepmother who's oh, like yes. a reptile. She's yes. funny. I hope that there's more with her. And for some reason, there's. I'm assuming it's their son, the prince, who never says anything. It is just there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna keep watching it. I think it looks. I, I'd be good. surprised if we're not finished it by the, uh, the end by the of the weekend. week. <laughs> it's a it's a, it's a good watch, but yeah, it's a, and you know what? Netflix needs more of that type of show, like the half an hour. Yeah, quick, fun. Just watch it and. Well, that's what my previous geek pick uh, that. Uh, the, the what was it called now? The Hollow. That's it. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I I told, the I'm watching that too. But, I binged uh, that one. Yeah, it's good, eh? I was sick, so I watched the entire thing. <laughs> and Final Space is the same kind oh, of yeah. thing. Oh yeah, Final Space was awesome. Yep. But that was not a Netflix original. That was a TBS show that ended up on Netflix hit here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to more of that one too. Your turn. My turn. Yeah. Well, I, I've got uh, a couple things. Some of them are just like show related. So, you know, it's because we That's have friends. Talk to your geek pick first, though. Well, no, I was going to do the, 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 the plugs for people because it, it is also sort of my geek pick. Okay. Is uh, the new Kirby Crackle album, Suburban Hearts, Vigilante oh, okay. Hymns. I, I mentioned it last time. Yes. Uh, Kyle, uh, who is Kirby Crackle, does our theme song. And we're very happy to to uh, get the rights for that song that that opens every episode of the show. His new album, very solid. Not very geeky, so don't go in looking for like shit tons of comic references or video game references, but very good. All, all acoustic. Um, he's basically said it's an album for fall, and it really feels like it. Like it's, you know, the, as the, the, the days are getting shorter kind of idea. Um... I don't. I don't know what went into him putting this album together, but uh, it's it's some of his best stuff. So, uh, if you want to kind of get a little hint of it or buy it, uh, KirbyCracklemusic.com or KirbyCrackle.bandcamp.com. 
slash music. You can find all his stuff there and go ahead and purchase it. Do him, do him a solid. Nice. Tell him we sent you. Um, <laughs> uh, beyond that, uh, it's uh, I, I too, Disenchantment is pretty solid. So um, beyond, beyond that, um, there, uh, I, I hate to keep going back to wrestling, but there was two really solid matches on the weekend. Oh, really? At, uh, NXT Brooklyn. Oh, okay. Uh, number four. Um, the, w- what I thought was going to be my favorite match, Adam Cole versus Ricochet, where Adam Cole lands a super kick in mid uh, moonsault on Ricochet. Ooh. Ricochet is upside down, and he timed it and got him right in like the head area. Okay. It's amazing. Um, that was really solid, but... Uh, the women's match, I think, is probably my favorite. Shayna Baszler versus Kari Sane. Kari Sane is a Japanese wrestler who dresses up like a pirate. Don't know why. Just <laughs> Don't ask why. Don't she ask just why. does. But it, it was a very really solid match. But um, but does she run. wear an eye patch? No, oh. but she wears like a big hat with a feather out of it. Okay. And like comes out with a uh, telescope <laughs> and a ship steering wheel. Okay. And so the best part of the whole thing was Ronda Rousey was at this match, and she's friends with Shayna Baszler. They're both former UFC fighters. Okay. And you just, there is audio somewhere of uh, Ronda Rousey's in the crowd and yells, Don't worry about it. The shit steering wheel's not connected to anything. She's not a real pirate. <laughs> and that just makes the match even better for me. So, um, oh, if you if you want to try wrestling, give those a shot. <laughs> and if not, try Disenchantment because Disenchantment's a lot of fun too. Yep. So that is it for this episode. Oh. Brought to you by. Oh. I got news texted to me. Oh. Not- <laughs> okay, what's the news texted to you? Uh, my fan expo pass has arrived in the mail today. Ooh. So my Friday wristband oh, is. Oh, I should put that in here. There's going to be an insert right after this telling you where Brent is going to be doing panels at Fan Expo. Brent, take it away, Brent. Thank you, past Brent. This is future Brent in the Fan Expo headquarters. Actually, I'm not. I'm in the our kitchen at home. Um, so here's the schedule that I have been handed for my uh, my various appearances at Fan Expo 2018. So on the Thursday, you can find me in room 716 at 8 p.m. So I'm doing the late shift. It's going to be a sketch duel with uh, Dan Parent, Fernando Ruiz, and uh, Giselle Lagasse, and a good friend of our show, Jay Fosgett. Uh, If you're around on the Thursday night, come to the sketch duel. It'll be a lot of fun. I've done... All of these guys have been involved in sketch duels I've done in the past, and... Uh, you'll be surprised at what the results are. So then we move to Friday. Uh, we go at uh, another sketch duel uh, in room 716B. All the sketch duels are in that room. Uh, from 2 to 3, I will be in there for uh, a sketch duel with featuring Tom Grummet, Bob McLeod, Ty Templeton, and Leonard Kirk. Uh, I am back in that room at uh, 4 p.m., for uh, David Finch versus uh, Johnny Desjardins and a mystery opponent to be announced later on. 
Following that, you can find me at the Indie Comics Creator Roundtable. That will be in room 701A, and that's at 5 p.m. Uh, that will feature the likes of Jay Fosgett and uh, Connor McCurry, who uh, did um, uh, Kill Shakespeare, which is a great book. Then we go to Saturday. Saturday, I'll be doing a sketch duel at 4 to 5 Uh from four to five in room seven sixteen B, between Yannick Paquette, uh, Brian Stelfries, and Joyce Chin. That's also going to be a pretty spectacular one, and it's going to be filled up pretty good. Um, we'll go onwards to Sunday, and I'm hosting the Comic Legends panel at four p.m. in room seven sixteen B. But I've been told that the the time and the room may shift. So keep an eye on our uh, Facebook page and uh, Twitter uh, for the, for changes. That may change. That panel is going to feature Ty Templeton, Bob McLeod, Tom Grummet, and Brian Stelfreeze. Beyond that, um, look for me around the, the convention center. Uh, Ryan and I are going to be there all day Friday. And beyond that, I'm going to be floating around most of the weekend if I'm not in a panel room somewhere. I've also been warned that I may be doing more stuff beyond this. So if you see me and I just do kind of a brief, hey, how are you? Uh, don't Please don't be offended. It means I'm probably just running to another room. There's at least once where I'm, uh, I, I've got to go from one panel directly to another one, and it's in a completely different area of the, the upstairs area. So it's going to be a fun weekend for me, and hopefully I will see some of you there. Uh, in the meantime, go ahead, past Brent, take it away. Thank you, future Brent, because I had, don't have my <laughs> schedule yet. I just have a I, – I just like – but I know – by the time I have this episode up, well, exactly. I'm this have my episode on. will be up the Monday, hopefully, if internet cooperates, before okay. Fan Expo. Yes. So you will be able to find myself at Fan Expo on the Friday. I will be there buying toys, looking at stuff, taking uh, pictures. We, we have pinpointed a couple people we want to talk to, um, whether hopefully. we will or not. That well, is always a question mark. And but. Brent's all you know, there all weekendish. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm available all weekend. It's whether they want to utilize me all weekend. Yeah. But uh, to quote uh, Kevin uh, Boyd, who does the comic book booking, uh, last I talked to him, he's like, "There is lots to do. I am using you a lot." And so, well, we'll see where I end up. Yep. Uh, well, you already know because Future Brent just, just told, told you about it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I guess the uh, the app is out, and it's got well the most up to date version of the schedule. Yeah. The schedule still evolves until even the day, weekend of, but uh, the app's pretty decent. I'd recommend it. I know the cell signal can be kind of crappy at times and in the building, but it's good for planning um, what you want to see and seeing what's available. And you can like put reminders and stuff. It's a pretty decent app. And if you come, if you see us, say hi. If you come to one of the panels that I'm running, please come up and say hi. And I, I, I love it when I get to talk to people like that. And Last when, year, ask your question. And when you ask the question, play. Uh, excuse me, Brent. First off, love the show. And then, <laughs> then yes. Brent will really listen <laughs> please, to your question. Please pimp me out in front of famous people. <laughs> um, the uh, last year, I, I the neat thing that happened to me was uh, I a guy from uh, I went to high school with a couple of grades younger than me, 
came up and said hi afterwards because he had taken his niece to the panel. Oh, that's like, cool. like he didn't know I did this stuff no. at all, and he just, he just ran he's into like, you. And you're like, oh, and he just I know you. He's like, do you remember me? And I'm like, yes, because I couldn't remember his name. And he's like, Franklin, which was his nickname. He was in drama club with. Oh, okay. I was like, oh shit, Matt. Yeah, hey, how you doing? <laughs> and it's been a few years and probably a few pounds difference since then. So oh, it's, yes, yes. I know. I not on his uh, part, mind yeah. you. If he's listening to this, no, Matt. Matt looked like he was in better nope. shape than he was in high school. <laughs> Me, however, not so much. Well, it's uh, been a few years since we were in high school. So. Yeah. Only a few. But, yep. uh, yeah, so please come out and say hi. Hopefully one of the panels I'm doing is of interest to you. And um, if not, look look out for us on Friday by the Hasbro booth. By the Hasbro booth. Uh, by, by Jay Fosgett's by table. Jay Fosgett's You'll probably table. see us around there somewhere. Um, They'll be in line getting me My Little Ponies. We'll probably be over well, by the, the Hasbro e- booth. We'll probably be by the EB booth. I wish I could be there this year. Yeah, but you're I prepping can't. to go to Germany. Germany the following weekend. I will be going to Germany. Don't do that voice when you're there. I will talk like this all the time while I am in Germany. <laughs> Hello, German people. <laughs> Kevin was never seen again. Stop kicking me. My face is precious. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> with that... <laughs> with, with, with Ben's with that, coughing we will and say laughing. goodbye for this episode of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, Liebchens. Someone save me, please. (laughs) Set your phasers to sexy. You've been listening to the True North Nerds, recorded at the Utility Cupcake Research Kitchen. Reach the nerds on Twitter at True North Nerds. On Facebook, under, surprise, True North Nerds. And you can reach them by email at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. If you like the opening theme song, it's called Set Your Phasers to Sexy by Kirby Crackle from the album Sounds Like You. Please go to kirbycracklemusic.com or look them up on iTunes and buy everything that they have made. You won't regret it. So set your phasers to sexy.